0: Jesus, thank you for paying the complete and total price. Father, we want to know more about entering the throne room of grace, that our prayers will not be hindered, that we will walk in such a close relationship with you that we silence the accuser that we fulfill every role, every person in this room fulfills every single role of everything you have written in their own scroll and book in heaven. Father, thank you that you are radically setting us free tonight, that you're ministering to our hearts, that you're showing us how to love people the way you do, to stand in the gap, to be forever changed, so that your kingdom comes and your will is done, right here, right now, all for your glory, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. amen. How exciting! See if I, Pastor Jeff, fixed me so maybe that won't have such an S sound all night. If I need to do something else, little further, better. Yay. Okay. Excited to be here with you tonight. I am even more excited about everything. This is fun, Pastor Jeff, Pastor Mitch. Pastor Joel, you have any words here? He it, okay. It out. Come on. Here we go. All right. So, so excited about transacting business. Once you look at the notes, I know you just sat down, but I got a quickening in my spirit that really we need to stand for the reading of the first two verses to honor Father God because we're talking about His throne of grace. He's wanting to activate something tonight. So, looking at the first verse of the New King James Version, Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Yes, let's just read together. Here we go. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let's read the next one in the English Standard Version. Here we go. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You may be seated. Okay, so I love beginning with the end in mind. Laying a little bit of a foundation, but I want you to know where we're going but on those verses did you notice it said boldly with confidence coming in to the throne of grace in that heavenly realm well so many times believers think oh I think I better enter like this and maybe we're afraid to gaze on the look of Father God or Jesus but we just read, he said, come boldly, are you ready to look him in the eyes, to gaze at him, to see that unconditional love? Or are we coming in with confidence before Jesus to say, here I am, I want to do business according to your throne of grace. So you can either go in like this, or you can go in like this. Amen. So I know you're seated, shoulders up, back and down, Okay. If you get the physical posture, cute, I am convinced that the spiritual posture posture is already getting in place. So here's the deal. God was reminding me that we pray, we're praying body, praying corporate body, we're praying people. And sometimes, when our prayers don't get answered, we can kind of get a little bullish about it. It's like there's this door. I'm going to turn the door this way because I like it better this way. This imaginable door. And we're praying, and it's like something stuck in the middle of the frame. So we think if we just push harder, it's going to go through. (coughs) But when we go look at the other side, the very thing we were pushing for got broken, got busted, because we were doing it by brute force. God says there's a better way says if our, if our prayers are not getting answered there is a legal reason for this in the courts of heaven. And this happens and our prayers are not getting answered it's because we've given the devil a legal right to hinder the prayers. So tonight we're going to lay the foundation about what Jesus has done and what we do to stop accuser in his tracks. Are you with me? Alright, good deal. So setting the stage, let's look at the throne of grace. There are protocols everywhere. Think about it. There's a protocol when you go to the grocery store. You want food? You get a buggy. You push the buggy. If you want something from the deli you had to speak. You speak, they give it to you. It's in your baggie, right? You think, hmm, I'm going to get to have food. Well, you will when you follow the protocol of paying out. Same thing when we go to school. See our babes, our grandbabies. They will let us in. If you hand them over your driver's license, they do a background check on you. They decide you're okay. They will give it back to you put a badge on you, unlock a door, and say you may enter a protocol. We have them everywhere in our life. Think about it. Even in the earthly judicial system, we have protocols. An attorney that can try a case in Hopkins County doesn't have the protocol to try a case in another state. And only particular... Attorneys can try a court in the Supreme Court. There are protocols, there are levels, and ways to do things in the earthly realm. It's that way in the heavens. And we're not talking about being religious. We're talking about justice. We have a God that's just, orderly, and righteous. He has protocols too. So to understand the throne of grace catapults us into our God-given destinies. Time out, did you hear that? I just love it when they're excited. Okay, I'm better. Just had to acknowledge they've got it going on. Okay, so notice that we're going to go back to Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Bolded some things on our notes because it's important. Seeing that we have a great high priest We're not talking about like Aaron in the Old Testament. We're talking about the greatest high priest, King Jesus, everything he did. It says he passed through the heavens. Okay, I don't know about you, but when I get up in the airplane, I think, ooh, this is high. He just zipped through that. He zipped through everything. He totally went past every demonic form and fashion that lives in the heavenlies, totally waxed them out. Up he goes. Seated at the right hand of the Father. How exciting is that? And that's why we hold fast to our profession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but he was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So let us come, what? Come boldly. Very good. Oh, y'all are on it. To the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need it's important as we picture this throne of grace that we recognize that the great high priest is a legal position before the throne father God sitting there Jesus with his sacrifice his blood the life that he lived in total obedience, plows through everything, earns the legal right to be seated at the right hand of Father God. He's there, interceding for us. There is his part. There is our part. The cross of Jesus was a legal transaction. He died. He defeated it all, and up he went, kind of like a touchdown. He did it! Yay! If we were in a stadium; we'd be cheering. Come on! At least an amen. He did this. He did it. Why do we get so dadgum passive? Probably shouldn't said dadgum. I'm sorry. Okay. I <laughs> uh, dolled it back just to teach a bit. So anyway, it was a legal transaction. I'll have to get over that later. Okay, Colossians 2:13 through 15. At least Jesus likes to have fun. You know, he laughs with us. I'm so glad at us occasionally, but mostly with us. And it says, "And you, who are dead in trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with Him, having forgiven us all our trespasses." by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. I bolded that so we would camp out there just a minute. He canceled the record of debt. There were legal demands. He met them. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities. He put them to open shame by triumphing over them. Yay. Therefore, the church is here to execute the legalities for this transaction that Jesus put into effect. We're not talking about legalism. Hear me out. So let's, let's read that sentence. Find it on your notes. Here, starting with therefore. Ready, set, read. Therefore, the church is here to execute The legalities for this transaction Jesus put into effect. Remember, a legal transaction has no power until it's executed. An example, in 2012, my husband Maxie made me his power of attorney. That transaction took place with an attorney, signed, sealed, delivered, in the filing cabinet, in the safety deposit box since 2012. I've had the right to be his power of attorney, his POA. That laid dormant for about four and a half years. And then I had to open the envelope and execute that right to become his power of attorney. It had been taken care of in 2012. Are you following me? The spiritual application is right around the corner. Late 2016, have to execute it and put it into effect. So here's what, what God really wants us to know tonight. We must legally apprehend for ourselves what Jesus has legally provided for each and every one of us. Okay, so I love John 1.9. It's not long. It's not overly wordy. But it says it so beautifully. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The beauty of that is there's the key to the throne ring. There's where grace is. And yet, we act like, oh, you're talking about repentance. I know that. Well, we know most of what we're talking about tonight and sharing and teaching. But here's the deal. God's in the throne room. Jesus, our high priest, is there. Right. You're right, depending on whose right we're looking at. And the accuser is up there, too. And our repentance holds the most incredible key ever for our prayers getting answered and for you and I to be catapulted fast into our destiny that he has rolled out. He says, I have this, this, and this for you to do. I heard your prayer. And God's up there. He's like, I want to. Jesus is like, I died for them. And the accuser, I'm getting ahead of myself in the notes, but I'll say it again. And the accuser's over there. Did you see what she did? She did such and such, and she said. (laughs) Yes, she did. She did it. I've got proof. Do you see? Rolls out what we did. Father God's sitting there. He wants to bless. Jesus is saying, I paid the price. And Father is like, Satan has legal access. Repentance isn't there. I want to bless, but the curse of the sin is there. And I can't do it. He breaks my heart. We are cleansed based on his covenant-keeping nature and his justice. His mercy is a result of his justice. Remember, having a legal decree and executing it are two different things. Jesus, throw down. He's done it. He's done it all. He's done everything he can for you and I to walk in. Salvation, divine health, prosperity, receiving every good and perfect gift from above. And yet we have the accuser. Brandon, if you will, set up the three chairs. And I have asked Brandon if he will help with uh, the demonstration. And Pastor Jeff, I didn't ask you, but you're just, you know, you're so impromptu, I figure you're good. So you get to be the high priest. So if you will go and take your place seated at the right hand of God, the Father, and then if you will place those posters, we have three posters. One is the th- God the Father. We're not placing a person there because he's indescribable and he looks different to each and every one of us. He shows many faces of who he is. Yes. And let's pull this one up a little bit. A little over here. Because, you know, this is you. The accuser. Brandon, it's only for a moment. But I need you to take your sign, the accuser. The high priest. The courtroom. We enter, we're told to enter boldly to the throne room of grace. There sits Father, wanting to do us good. Jesus in his rightful place. Yay! Oh, come on. Yay! In there, Father God, the throne of grace. And then... We had the accuser. What? See, they they don't want to boo you. Bless their little hearts. They're being a little timid about it. (laughs) So in the throne of grace, Jesus is before God. He's there. But the devil, the accuser, is there continually being relentless, mentioning everything we did wrong. His primary weapon in their throne room grace is accusation. It's all he can throw around. We know this in Revelation 12.10. It says he's up there day and night accusing us. But in order for us to activate everything Jesus paid, we have to silence the accuser. So what does this look like in real time? In real time, we're gonna look at it from the standpoint of other people first, because I think it's gonna be easier than just looking at it for ourselves. We'll do that in a minute. But in real time, it looks like this. He's there, and he has someone of importance to us held captive. They're either deep rest, can't function, they're sick, full of anger or torment, maybe it's hurt or uncertainty. But the accuser has them bound, and here is what God is looking for. We silence the accusers for others when they can't do it themselves. Think about it. We have an authority the spouse, as a parent, in our church family, and our workplace family, to take legal action on behalf of someone else until they will or until they can. This is what an intercessor does. We make that word so hard, but all it is, is walking into the throne of grace. I'm going to use my husband as the example because he's been sick. Okay? Oh, Father, forgive him when he's not been able to stand for himself. Forgive him for the fear that's been attached to being sick. Forgive him for letting fear dominate his thoughts. Father, I stand in the gap for him fleeting the blood of Jesus over him. And I thank you for restoring him to a right fellowship in place with you that he will fulfill everything written in your book about his wonderful life. So what happened, the accuser was standing up, he was looking at Maxie Frank, and he was telling God, me. He's done this. He's done this. He hasn't done this. We walk in on behalf of that person. We plead the blood of Jesus. We repent. And heaven starts moving. The accuser has to back away. Thank you, Brandon. He has to back away. Now, he's not gone yet, but you see what the repentance on behalf of the person that we have an authority to intercede for does? Now, here comes the next part. It just gets me about the throne of grace. I've had to repent quite a bit for teaching this message tonight. The next part to this. We got legal things in place person we were interceding for? Number two on the notes. We repent. We repent for all the negative things we said about the person that we were bringing to the Father. Ouch. Ouch. Because I love him. I like my husband most days but I do love him but if I get aggravated my words have not always lined up with the Word of God what have I done to the man I gave the enemy a right to come right back up you're doing great and start accusing it by my words not my husband's my words your words, our words. Hold him sick and captive and weak and fearful. And sometimes we say things flippantly. Look at Matthew 12:36 and 37 on the notes. It says, But I say to you that every idle word when men speak and we'll have to give an account in the day of judgment. For by your words you are justified. And by your words you will be condemned. But do we realize that when we have authority over someone or they have authority over us, that when they speak against us, it becomes testimony in heaven. Testimony in heaven it gives him the right to be accusatory and to point and to look at God and say, you can't do it. Look at the throne of grace. Yeah. And then, Father God, he wants to bless Maxie, who is the example, wants to bless me. Yet our words gave the accuser legal right not to answer the prayer. So then, it's my turn. Going boldly before the throne of grace, I am humbled. I am saying, Father, forgive me for saying ill words toward my husband when I was frustrated. Forgive me when I haven't been able to figure out why he kept walking in fear or why he wasn't trying hard enough Forgive me that I sat there and inadvertently spoke a curse over the very person I'm one with. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive me. I repent, answer the prayer, hear our cry. Move speedily as only you can. In Jesus' name. Not only is he back, he is practically off the stage, almost. There you go, really good. So then, in the throne room of grace, there's another step with our legal access. Then we start to prophesy and declare what's written in the book of the person that we are standing in the gap for. You're saying, I don't know what's in the book. Well, yeah, you do. Because first of all, you say, Father, what's in the book about this person? He tells us. It's called a download from heaven. Then he's going to remind you things you know about the person. In my case, I know. I know Max may sound but he has a heart of gold. He's a teddy bear. has a heart of compassion. He has quiet wisdom. But you just about have to pull it out of him. But the bottom line is, there's quiet wisdom. He's funny. When not oppressed, he is a hoot. So what do I do? Father, I thank you that you've given him joy and laughter. And that he brings happiness to the people that he's around. I Praise you and thank you that Maxie has wisdom. And then he imparts it into younger men so that he is leaving a legacy and fulfilling the destiny that you have. Father, I praise you and thank you that he even likes sports that I don't understand. But this I know. There are young boys that connect to that. And I'm so grateful that he has a way to interact with all generations. So in this case, enemy just has to walk away thank you Brandon and King Jesus is like father there was repentance on behalf of the person there was repentance on behalf the person that was doing the praying that spoke ill there was prophecy to the life there was a declaration that lines up with your word with the book and the scroll written for that man. I paid the price. Transaction has taken place. Father, it's free and clear to answer those prayers. And Father's like, done. Done. So, what do we say? Yeah. Yay! Yay, Jesus! Yay for the throne of grace. So, here's the deal. It was a little bit easier for you to use Maxie as the example and me. But now, God's saying, Let's, let's move in a little bit closer. Let's drill in to where it's a little bit more personable to you. I'm not looking for an outward answer, but I guarantee you that Father is asking for a response tonight. Who is the person or the people in your life that he is asking you to go before the throne of grace and repent on their behalf. What in-law, what brother, sister, what spouse? Is there someone at work who just can't find their way up? Is there someone that you've seen here at church that you wonder why something is the way it is? Well. Stop wondering and get on your precious little knees and repent on behalf of that person. This is not rocket science. And even if it was, we could do it because he says we can. But here's what he does say. My son took care of it all. Remember? Touchdown. He's there interceding for you. You can go in and out of the throne room and brace boldly and you can have what you're praying for so that I'm glorified, but you must repent. I must repent. Let's say that together. I must repent. So we can repent on behalf of the person or people God is placing on our heart. Then we repent for anything that we have said That has held them captive, even if we didn't mean it. Because remember, the word idol in that verse means an unemployed word. How awful. We might not have meant it, but we locked things up in heaven. Okay, God wants some guy in here to know. See if I can. All right, it's kind of like maintenance of a vehicle takes oil, water, and gas, right? Then the vehicle runs. No gas, it stops. No oil or water. You burn up the engine. Repentance is the same way. Throne of grace, yes. You want it. You've got to put some things in it just like you do the car. You've got to repent. You've got to prophesy and declare, line yourself up in this throne room to follow the protocol. You like driving that car around town? That's great. When you like to drive something really great spiritually? Get those prayers answered. Ooh, Father, you're good. Good, good, good all the time. Like that. It's just kind of fun. Okay, so when we... Transact business with God. Remember that Psalms 119.11 says, Your word I've hidden in my heart, but I would not sin against you. It's not about what you do. It's really about what's already been done. Yay! There you go. Thank you very much, Pastor Jeff. It's what's been done. Amen. If we hide his word in our heart, we don't want to sin. But if we do, he says he's faithful and just to forgive us. So he's trying to connect the dots for us tonight. Every believer gets to go into the throne of grace. There are other heavenlies, other things, not tonight's discussion. We all get together. there. I do want to quickly say, if for some reason there is someone in here tonight, you have not asked Jesus into your heart, you have not transacted that first business, and you're not certain, it's like this. God, I've I've messed up. I've sinned. I've missed the mark. I ask you to forgive me. Jesus, I want you in my heart. I want to repent. Repent means if we do an about-face. And then we go the way that he goes. Then we have access to the throne of grace. If you haven't transacted that business, don't wait any later. If we've been a little slothful in transacting business with the throne of grace, do it tonight. You've spoken ill of someone in this church your family, your children, do business. There's enough room here that in a moment when we get ready to do that, this is between you, God, Jesus, and the enemy. And you silence him. You silence him by repenting. Some of you are like, that's not a new word. No, it's really not but it connects the dots. It tells us that the people that are intercessors are not the ones that come up here on Thursday afternoons at 1.30. If you're in this room, raise your hand. Most of you are listening, not all of you. If you're in this room, raise your hand. Mm -hmm. Now, repeat after me. I I stand in the gap for others I readily repent. I, readily repent. I, shut down the accuser, I shut down the accuser and I release the goodness of God, and goodness of God. In, my in my life and in the lives of people lives that I have an influence and an impact on. Really and that's the dots that he wants connected to repent Prophesy over the person to declare what's written in the books. And then before you leave, know this. Do it for someone else first because that's the Jesus way. He always put others before himself. His love was unconditional. Do not, I'm begging you, everything in me, do not leave until you have done those same things in the throne room of grace for yourself. And go out of here being so rightly related to God that the prayers can go up because you have his word hid in your heart. He sits there, he hears them come up, he smells that sweet aroma. Jesus says, do you hear? I've done my part, they're doing theirs. God says, done. As the praise and worship team comes forward and we stand together, I would ask that you do this. I don't think we hear a word that God has for us and not have any follow-through, which really takes us all the way back to the beginning, he says, let us, therefore, come boldly, loving him, excited to be there, into the throne of grace, and make our requests known, because he wants to help in time of need. Come to the altar, find a place over there where there's room, go to an empty seat, Will you honor God in such a way tonight that you will transact business for someone else that's hurting and either hasn't or can't do it for themselves? Will you repent for anything you've said that could have held them captive? Will you speak words of life over them by prophesying and declaring great things that God has in their book?